again, this is Jim McGinnis and Stories We Can Tell. I hope you enjoyed this episode. This week we celebrate the birthday of the late, great Marley Donegan McGinnis, brown dog prophet. He was perfectly suited for a Christmas birthday, since the Marley every morning was Christmas morning. He's gone now, been over a year, but this is no time to be sad, hell brown dog never was. Anyone in the family will tell you that this crazy dog brought smiles and laughter into our lives at every turn. He was a kook. This incorrigible coffee and beer drinking cake and cookie eating, couch humping, chocolate lab was a joy. He brought his magnificent chaos into our lives. How he grew from the worst puppy in the world to the best dog in the world, I'll never know. When he was young, he was awful. He listened to no one except me, and that was only occasionally. My son Danny came home from college and he was shocked about how wild his dog was. Our dogs had usually been fairly well behaved, not trained, mind you, but Brown Dog, forget it. He'd run around the yard with a beer bottle, live turtle, or cell phone, whatever he could get hold of. And oh yeah, he broke a lamp while ripping down his Christmas stocking to check and see if Santa had come early. How about getting him fixed, my vet suggested. But that didn't slow him down a bit in any way, shape, or form. I think it pissed him off. Didn't even stop the cow chomping. He thought everybody loved him, and he was usually right. It annoyed him when somebody was frightened or uncomfortable. How can you not love this face, he seemed to say. He knew he was pretty. But he was also blissful, loving, and a loyal friend every morning was sheer joy springing from him. Every day was Christmas indeed. Marty was sweet and kind and patient to little kids. They'd climb all over him, ride him, and pull on his ears, and he was fine with it all. Of course, each of the grandkids learned not to carry food around, but it took them a while. Marty was shameless. He would sneak up as stealthy as a pound furry monster could be and gently plucked the bite from the little hand. He was partial to bananas and cookies, but anything would do. When my daughter Megan rescued and brought home Indy, our sweet black dog, Molly was the first in the family to adopt her. He never felt threatened or slighted, or at least he never showed it, and the two soon became loving companions. He loved my Jeep, my truck, or just about any vehicle. His place was right beside me, and to this day, Indy won't sit in Marty's place. If I had to stop by the bank, well, all hell broke loose. He barked the whole damn time we're in the drive-thru. They both knew the teller had treats, and they climbed all over me trying to get to them. He loved the beach, the mountains, North Carolina. He loved the boat, and taking the boat to the Spoils Island. Oh, how he and Indy loved that. Molly would sometimes disappear, though, foraging the island for something dead or gross to roll in. Lovely. Morning came early around the Guinness house when Marley was around. He liked to eat around six and stood at the foot of the bed and barked until I got up. And he's not as particular or as loud. 
And after eating, Brown Dog would wander the yard and announce to the neighborhood. I remember how he never left my side when I was sick. Dogs seemed to have a particular instinct about such things, but my wife Kay would say, he never left your side when you were well either, Mac. And I admit that's probably true. We were tight. Wherever I was, Marley Donegan was there on the boat, in the yard, even in the bathroom for crying out loud. On rides and walks or just evenings out on the back porch, there he was. Of course, Marley was tight with Kay, too. She spoiled him rotten, especially when she was in the kitchen, and for 12 years she had to deal with him laying in front of the stove while she cooked. I often found myself telling him my thoughts on baseball, football, politics, or poetry. He would reply with some guttural sigh, reminding me to just try to get along with it all. At one point, I found my old dog sleeping on top of a pile of ungraded papers. There was no way for me to work without disturbing him, and I certainly had no desire to do so. I sat for over an hour watching my friend sleep as my work time slipped away. I caught myself lamenting the fact that both dogs were showing signs of age, and I thought about how quickly the human notion of time passes through a dog's life. But almost on cue, Brown Dog rose and walked slowly over to me. I rubbed his chin and neck, and he sighed with satisfaction. I could see in his eyes an understanding of time that I myself cannot grasp. It is perhaps what John Muir would call a practical form of immortality. Well, Marley, there's a new puppy running around the house, Stella. I think you'd like her. Indy sure does. Anyway, happy birthday, buddy. Thanks for the love and the chaos. Thanks for the laughs and the tears you brought this family, Christmas dog. I know you're waiting for me somewhere.